Hello and welcome to episode 161 of the In Squash podcast. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, you don't always get the opportunity to speak to the number one player in the world, and today we do. Uh, the woman's, the new world women's uh, number one, Norhan Gohar, uh, on the podcast. And uh, full disclosure here, she's uh, probably my favorite player uh, on the women's tour. I have several that, that I really enjoy watching play, but uh, over the last little while, uh, she's really be, uh, become uh, my favorite uh, amongst the ladies. I just love the way, the intensity with which she plays with her ball striking, uh, her footwork, um, and I got to see uh, her up close uh, here in Dubai at the Super Series final. That was a few years back during the last uh, of the uh, Super Series installments here in Dubai. And uh, even though she was not uh, playing uh, her best squash, she wasn't in a good place at the time. I knew right then, right there, that uh, and that, that's kind of when I started to, uh, you know, to think, oh, this girl's got a, got uh, a really, really fantastic game, and uh, she's just gone out there and uh, proved it uh, the last. Uh, season and a half or so and we talk about uh, how that all evolved how that that all came about uh, we talk about her British Open win Hong Kong Open win uh, what it means to be world number one her influences her family her coaches we go there and we also talk about uh, you know maybe many of you didn't know of this she's a she's a scholarship uh, student at uh, the American University of Cairo studying um, construction engineering and uh, she finished uh, her thesis this year uh, uh, during uh, whilst uh, playing on the tour so just imagine that she reached world number one whilst finishing uh, her degree in engineering uh, an impressive feat we talk about all of that today on the in squash podcast with norhan gohar now before we get into that i just want to tell you about our incredible sponsor uh, active scout and we're soon going to hear uh, we're soon going to get the Active Scout experience, which will help clubs grow and expand their membership base during these challenging times. And you've heard me on several episodes uh, talk about the app prior to each of my podcasts, and you're going to hear a lot more about this because they'll be rolling out uh, Active Scout, the app, very, very soon. And we're going to have uh, Rob Eberhardt, the man behind uh, Active Scout, on the podcast soon, hopefully, to uh, take us all through it. So, here and only here on the In Squash podcast will that happen. So, stay tuned. And if you're looking for more information about Active Scout, about growing your membership base and getting uh, players back playing uh, the game at your club visit active scout uh, the website www.activescout.com that's active scout without the e and that's it man what a great chat i had really really enjoyed this with uh, the new women's world number one norhan gohar there we go well, Nor- Norham, firstly, before uh, before we even get started, I just want to uh, congratulate you on uh, on reaching uh, world number one, uh, the July rankings. Uh, it must be, I mean, I, I know this is a journey you've been on for for quite a while now, but uh, uh, it must be really satisfying to, to reach uh, number one in the world now. How, how does it feel? Yeah, that's insane. I mean, uh... Since I was a kid, uh, I've always dreamt of uh, becoming world number one. And uh, as far as I know, like um, when I reached the, the number two spot back 
like uh, in 2017, like people were like, oh, she's uh, she's close to the number one spot. But believe me, at that time, I didn't feel anywhere near. So uh, <laughs> uh, it it made it actually even harder because uh, when I got to number two, back to number two last October, I think uh, I had all the flashbacks and I felt like I'm nowhere near. I'm still uh, I have a lot to prove and uh, I have a lot to work on. And uh, even though it was the same spot and the same ranking, but I felt I grew a lot and uh, mm. I had so much more experience. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I just felt I, I needed actually that time to learn more and uh, to be prepared to, uh, to really earn the, the number one spot. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later because I did see uh, where it, it was quite interesting. I think it was in a PSA squash TV interview where you talked about that, how, you know, you had reached number two in the world. And although it didn't really feel like, uh, you know, anything special because of the way you were playing at the time, but we'll, we'll talk about that uh, a bit later, but before we do, um, uh, uh, before we proceed, just want to know how things are uh, for you and your family. I know things are in the world these days very challenging, and uh, I just hope uh, everything's okay with uh, with your family uh, at this time. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we had like a tragic event uh, actually. Uh, uh, I think it was April, end of April. Yeah, it was on the first of May. My uncle. Uh, he was a surgeon, a very famous one in Egypt, and he died because of the corona. So oh, no. uh, we had a little, a little bit of a hard time at that time. And uh, at the scene, yeah, it was very challenging. And uh, it wasn't quite a, a good period, but they're recovering for it. And, uh, um, yeah, I won't say that we are back to normal lives because everyone around the world is not back to his normal life. But uh, we're trying just to adapt and handle things in a, in a, in a good way. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to hear about your loss there. Um, you know, it's been uh, it's been a tough time for everybody. Uh, that's for sure uh, across the world. But uh, you're now uh, you're a student, right? So you're studying at the American University, or where I'm not sure now, but uh, American University of Cairo. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, scholarship student with Wadi Degla. That's your home club. So you're studying engineering. Is that right? Yeah, I'm studying construction engineering and uh, um, like my, I'm concentrating in the management, construction management, so project management, and stuff like that. Uh, I'm actually, that's my last semester. Uh, I should graduate in December, inshallah. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Congratulations. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I already did my thesis last semester, so uh, basically, yeah. I'm just enjoying this last semester. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive. I mean, you, you, did, you, you did your thesis, and I know when I wrote my thesis, uh, my squash was uh, absolutely horrible. Uh, uh, I was drinking too much coffee uh, at the time. But, yes, uh, but, I can uh, relate to that. <laughs> but how, I mean, uh, you know, having gone through that, I mean, study, I mean, uh, I'm assuming. Uh, studying at the American University in Cairo is not like playing squash uh, in the U.S. You're not, uh, do they have, they don't, they wouldn't have a varsity uh, type squash program uh, going on. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite different. Like, I mean, uh, the way um, I would say America, like colleges here in Egypt approaches squash or sports in general, it's quite different to the U.S. We don't have like a league uh, like uh, we have like nationals for the, the tournaments, but it's just one tournament 
and it's just individuals. Um, it's not like something huge here in Egypt. It's not like the Ivy League or something like that where the NCAA is in the U.S. Um, but at the same time, that was the the best format that would suit uh, my uh, my lifestyle as a professional squash player who mm. has to travel one or uh, once or twice a month to, to play tournaments around the world. Uh, I mean, I think from my friends in, in the U.S., it's more complicated than that to, to become a pro squash player when you're studying. So mm. uh, basically, I'm a full-time student. Like, I would take the the load as it is like I would take the 15 or the 18 credit hours as they are but they're very understanding and the the schedule is quite flexible that's the good thing about the American system is that you're the one who's choosing like the courses and everything definitely based on your the prerequisites and everything but it's more flexible than uh, a French system or I think uh, like uh, in Germany or stuff because I used to study in a French school so I, I'm quite familiar with the French system mm-hmm. and it's not like that like you, you you have certain courses that you have to take at a certain time but uh, with the American system you can just choose to take them now or the next semester uh, depending on the on the schedule, uh, you can still take summer courses, winter courses. So I think it was uh, it was a good idea to, to study at the AEC for sure. Right on. It was fun. Uh, I live in the UAE, as I mentioned to you, and uh, I'm from Canada, though. Yeah. Um, and it was oh. funny. One of the uh, members at the club where I play at it, he's an Egyptian, uh, where, I, where I play squash at here, uh, an older gentleman. But uh, he started speaking French to me, and I was like... Uh, uh, you're from Egypt, but then then oh. I started, I read a bit about you know I started reading back a, a little bit of history and, and there's a French uh, influence uh, in Egypt uh, dating back uh, back to Napoleon and and back during those days. So, uh, do you speak much French, uh, Norhad? Do yeah, I don't. I, uh, yeah, very well. I'm, I'm even actually very I'm, better. <laughs> Sorry. And the accent is completely different. Uh, I I speak French uh, more fluent than English, actually. Like, uh, oh, really? And okay. at a certain point, because I had, like, uh, French teachers and uh, my friends were French, so I would speak French more than Arabic, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> but now, yeah, so, no, I, I'm quite comfortable speaking in French. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I just like the culture. I love the, the people there. I, I just mm-hmm. love it, yeah. Right on. Now, uh, now I know uh, I'd like to sort of talk to you a little bit about, about your game. You're, uh, if you don't mind, uh, now I love yeah. uh, your, your approach to, to the game. You're hard hitting. You, you move really well. You're, you're athletic, uh, aggressive. Uh, I think your, your game's sort of unique in, in terms. There are a couple of players that are unique on the women's tour, but uh, in, in terms of your game uh, and that, the, your, your style of play, uh, where did the inspiration for, for that come from? Because, uh, uh, I mean, it is unique and it is really uh, a joy to watch. But uh, where did that, uh, where did your style, where did you sort of generate that, that type of play from? Where was it born? I think uh, it was because of my first coach, Mohammed um, Nukhat. Uh, he he used to coach the national team for several years in Egypt, and he's now in the U.S. Um, 
he used to be a hard hitter himself. Um, okay. And the club where um, I started playing squash, uh, it's called my the club. They they all were really good hitters. So I think that was the school at uh, this club at that time uh, of hitting the ball, uh, like. Being a good striker, uh, they're really focused on the style, on the technique. Uh, I had plenty and plenty of solo sessions. I would stay on course for maybe two or three hours just hitting drives. So <laughs> I, find, I found my joy like hitting drives in a good pace, with a good pace, with a good timing. And I think that's the way uh, I started playing squash and I felt comfortable uh, hitting the ball uh, uh, for many hours so I think that's why and I didn't spend much time when I was young like uh, just um, playing drop shots or stuff like that I, I would more <laughs> enjoy it more playing drums than hitting the ball in a good way <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's definitely I mean um, I'll, I'll mention this later but uh, I got to see you play uh, here in Dubai at the Super Series final the last time it was here uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you uh, about that in a minute but uh you also, uh, I think, Kareem Darwish, uh, you, you've uh, spent a bit of time with him. And uh, I know, uh, I mean, he was one of my favorite players back during the, when, you know, when he was at the top of the game. And uh, he was a more of a, I'd say like a shot maker, but he was also an incredible ball striker. Uh, what impact, uh, um, obviously he would have had an impact on that other aspect of the game that maybe you, you know, you, you didn't really uh, focus on, as you just mentioned, did he have an impact on adding uh, more of a shot maker, more variety yeah. to your game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Karim, fun fact, he, uh, he started squash at the pink club I was talking about and <laughs> uh, at night as well. Yeah. So maybe that's, uh, and sometimes people, they mention that I'm like the, um, like I really like Karim's character and the attitude. Like he's uh, he's very professional and uh, oh yeah, uh, he's very serious. And uh, I'm just really glad that I had the chance to be coached from him and uh, play in one of the best clubs in Egypt, which is Vezidegla, obviously. And uh, I mean, yeah, definitely he uh, he really uh, helped me uh, see the game in a different way but at the same time uh, sticking to my uh, my game plan or my original game plan which is uh, hitting the ball hard and then he just added up some stuff uh, it's easier yeah. like this one you can relate because he himself was playing that way but as you were saying he was a shot maker himself as well so uh, mm -hmm. it's easier to relate and to understand what he's talking about rather than another coach uh, who uh, who would be playing a completely different style so uh, I felt it was definitely an added value for me and uh, since I went uh, I went to Wadi Digla I think uh, uh, it, it was just like um, um, it gave me a it was like a different phase in my career actually like uh, I, I won my two World Junior Championship when I moved to Wadi Digla and uh, I think it, it just gave me a boost it was a completely different uh, uh, it changed my vision about squash and uh, I became more professional, I would say. 
Brilliant. Yeah, I, I mean, I've noticed even just in the last uh, couple of years, uh, I mean, you're, you're adding a lot more. I mean, you're putting the ball into the front of the court a lot more uh, than you used to, it, it just seems to me. But uh, still, at the same time, like you said, you, you're, you're maintaining uh, that really impressive uh, aspect of your game, which is pressure and power. And, uh, and that, that, that's really what works for you and mixing it up with uh, – with a lot of variety like you're doing now, it's just uh, maybe that that's uh, part of the reason why you are uh, at the top of the, uh, the rankings. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned your two world junior championships and uh, uh, you had success uh, very early after that on, on the pro tour. In fact, in 2016, you won your first uh, super series uh, title in Hong Kong. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't get to go back to Hong Kong uh, this year due to, uh, you know, the, the circumstances there and, and whatnot. But uh, take us back to that, that first super series title, if you don't mind, what did that uh, mean to you to, to sort of put your stamp uh, on uh, the pro tour at the time at the, at the highest level uh yeah i mean uh, these two weeks actually because hong kong was exactly six days after the second world junior championship that i won oh, really yeah six days yeah okay six days after so mm. i just flew back to egypt stayed for five days and then went to hong kong and the circumstances at that time were quite uh, different um I had uh, 10 days before the World Junior Championship, I had 10 stitches in my face. I was hit in the, in the face yeah, by a rocket and uh, during practice, actually. And uh, practice. I wasn't really sure. Yeah, I wasn't really sure that I would be able to play the tournament or not. So, I mean, like, that would have given you the real look of the Terminator. Actually, I still have it and I'm really proud of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I mean, um, uh, yeah, it was like a fairy tale for me at that time. When I went to Hong Kong, um, I was, I think, seated number seven, maybe. So, uh, like, on papers, I would have, I should have lost in the quarterfinals or something. But, uh, and I had a tough draw at that time. I was playing Laura Masar in the quarterfinals, which uh, I've beaten only once before. And uh, it was a very intense match at that time. And then... Uh, How intense? Uh, she's and, very intense, isn't she? Very professional. She is yeah. very professional. I've learned a lot from her, actually. Yeah. As much as I uh, didn't really like playing against her because she was really tough, but then I really respected her and... Uh, I really respected the way she approached uh, her matches and the tournament and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, playing Nicole in the semifinal, uh, and at that time she was unbeatable in Hong Kong for the last 10 years. Oh, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well. She had uh, so hmm. Yeah, so I mean, like, the, every match ha- was like a tournament itself <laughs> and at the end winning the final I was one left down and 10-7 down in the second uh, against Amanda and uh, coming back in my first uh, World Series uh, t- t- final was uh, was quite uh, a thing as well so I ju- I'm just when I just look back at this tournament definitely uh, it remains very special and uh, uh, yeah, it just gave me goosebumps, and uh, I'm I'm just always happy to to look at the pictures and the videos and everything of Hong Kong. Like it has a very special place in my heart, definitely. 
Yeah, it has such a tradition. Uh, I mean, Hong Kong over the years, the Hong Kong Open for the men and, and the women has a lot of tradition there. And it's such an, an incredible, I, I love going to, I've been to Hong Kong a few times and just love it. To, yeah. They love their squash there. Definitely. I mean, uh, a fun story is that my mom was born in Hong Kong, so and she was with me during the tournament. So yeah, your, your mother was, was born. Your mother was born in Hong Kong. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, yeah. Oh, that's definitely inspiration uh, for you to. I mean, to to play well there, and uh, I guess maybe maybe there was some sort of uh, deep down inside you. There, you know, it's in your blood. Yeah, yeah, we lived in, I lived in China for three years as well. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, so. Uh, home away yeah, from definitely. Home. Exactly. Uh, I just feel certain vibes when I go there, like the childhood memories and everything. So uh, definitely it helps. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, now you mentioned earlier, you know, uh, that you did, that you got to world number two. And I think it was short, you know, not too long after this win where you did get to world number two, maybe a year or so later. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, and you mentioned this in an interview uh, after uh, a little while ago, you hadn't uh, yet performed all that well uh, Meanwhile, you got to number two. So, uh, yeah, just, just uh, if you don't mind, just reflect back on that, how you were feeling uh, at that time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely I had, like, really good wins before Hong Kong. So, uh, uh, like, reaching the final of the British Open and then semi-final of the World Open and then uh, finishing off with the Hong Kong Open. So, uh, I was doing quite well and... Uh, Definitely, I deserved this place, but then, um, I mean, just like two or three months before, I wasn't really performing well, uh, not in terms of results, as much as in terms of performance, I wasn't really happy with the way I was playing, um, I wasn't really feeling comfortable on court, and uh, uh, I just struggled a little bit, uh, and I people could see it and uh, I had many injuries so mm. so just like a roller coaster at that time and uh, uh, I would say I just didn't have maybe the experience to uh, uh, to handle uh, this kind of uh, position or I was I wasn't uh, maybe in terms of squash I had the capabilities and the abilities to reach this point, but in terms of maturity and experience, uh, I wasn't still uh, uh, grown up enough to uh, to uh, to handle this kind of uh, pressure. Uh, I mean, I've reached. So, so you felt a little this... bit of pressure there at that time. Did you just sort definitely, of... yeah. definitely, and uh, because back, like I would say, like two years back, maybe 2015, when I was on court, it was. Uh, let's just say uh, Laura or Nicole or uh, uh, legends like people I would just dream to take pictures with and uh, I was just happy to be on court and I, I had nothing on mine just I just wanted to enjoy every single point and stay on court as much as possible uh, but the approach was different when you reach the number two spot you're not the hunt, not the hunt like you're the one who's hunted yeah. now and uh, it was uh, so it's quite a thing to deal with. You're pretty much I a favorite to win every match you play. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, I felt like during like the journey to reach the number two spot, I didn't have much of 
like downs. I just had like good wins and a good time on court, and uh, I had really good results. So uh, for me, uh, I didn't know how to deal with uh, with losses, or I didn't have this knowledge. For me, it's it was all about winning. It was all about uh, yeah. uh, getting uh, good wins over good players. But I guess, how to I guess deal like with that, that's the issue too, coming from juniors, isn't it? When you when you've been such a successful Nothing. junior and winning, you know, pre- pretty much every tournament, and then doing well when you start senior, you you have an exactly. experience loss, right? Exactly. And usually like juniors would have like a period of transition between junior and senior. Like they're they're gonna struggle for one or three years because it's completely different on the junior circuit than the professional circuit. But uh because I'm I'm saying maybe because I started young as we all Egyptians start very young playing the PSA. So I didn't have this kind of transition where I, I, I could have learned some stuff and uh, you just learn from your losses more than your wins, definitely. So I didn't have this kind of transition and I just felt like the road was smooth and everything was going really well. And for me, it was like, what, what's the meaning of losing, actually? I, I didn't know that. And myself, I'm a very bad loser. So I had to deal with it in a very... I had to change my mentality and I had to change the way... Uh, I see things uh, in life in general, not only on the squash court. And uh, that's why I'm telling you, uh, maybe I've grown as a person. And uh, I just, at that time, definitely it was horrible and it was a terrible feeling. And uh, uh, it wasn't easy at all. And uh, there was uh, quite a lot of stuff going on. But uh, when I look back now, it's easier for me to say it now. But uh, I'm I'm just happy that that happened. And uh, uh, it just made me appreciate uh, the wins more and uh, yeah. uh, and enjoy the journey in general. Absolutely, yeah. When I I mentioned to you uh, earlier, I got to see I saw you play several times while you're in uh, during the uh, Super Series final in 2018. I think that might have been during that period where you were kind of I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you were injured, but uh, but uh, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm you know I'm not being this is not being um, you know. I'm being honest when I say this. I could tell right away you were, you know, a special, uh, special talent, and you were just dealing with something. I think it was mental because you, I mean, watching you play was just amazing. You were hitting the ball well, moving well, but it just didn't seem like you, uh, you mentally, you you weren't there. Uh, I don't know if that that's yeah. sums it up, but uh, I just thought, wow, uh, this this girl is really good. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate you're maybe going through. Uh, you know, just a, uh, you know, a patch of play where you just weren't playing your best. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, during that time, I think it was, uh, it was like I was hitting the rock bottom. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as you're saying, uh, I wasn't really, the, the point was is that I wasn't enjoying it uh, anymore. And uh, that's hard. That's hard when you're not enjoying what you like the most and uh, your passion. So, uh, yeah, I just had to figure it out. And uh, I, I just think time was the, the solution. And uh, uh, sometimes you have to learn things in the hard way. And uh, I've learned things in the hard way, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think it, it must have been, I don't think, very much longer after that event, maybe two, three months, six months, you started to, to play better again. And then uh, obviously in 2019, uh, the British Open, what an amazing uh, uh, victory for you there. You only dropped one game. That was to uh, 
nor uh, El Taib in, in the semifinal. You beat uh, uh, legend, uh, you know, Raneem El Walili and Camille uh, in the final, uh, winning the British Open. And uh, I mean, that pretty much, uh, what a great victory that was. So that, uh, up until then, I guess that would have been your biggest victory uh, uh, on the tour. Uh, so how, how did that one feel? And, and did that sort of make you believe in yourself again that you you know you're capable and definitely of getting to uh, number one yeah i mean uh, the British open uh, definitely was like uh, uh, the highlight of the season or of the career so far and uh, yeah. uh, it's like as they're saying uh, like uh, good things happen after bad things and that felt yeah. like the bridge open uh, when I just like won the last match as if nothing happened before and all the hard work and all the hard uh, and tough times uh, were just disappeared and uh, it was worth everything and uh, yeah I mean um, Definitely, I was very happy by the performance and the results at that time, and uh, it just meant the word to me at that time. Um, I was getting back uh, to my level or even better uh, before the. Well, I mean, uh, you, I mean uh, you went through that. I mean, three love against Renim, three one against Nor, three love against Camille. I mean, my goodness, uh, what what was it about that week that uh, you know that brought I'll, that out of you? Yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> uh, the fun fact is that I wasn't training that much at all. When people, they, they know me, they, they know I'm like a hard trainer and uh, I, I really like to train a lot. And uh, we had Ramadan uh, just before and during the British Open was Ramadan as well. And uh, I had my final exams uh, just before the, the British Open, like yeah. the yeah. day before. And uh, uh, I wasn't really, I w- definitely it was uh, a huge event and I had to focus on it. But at the same time, for university, it was very important for me to to get good grades for because it was like my uh, my my last year, and uh, I really wanted to do well. So my priority at that time was more of the university. Uh, and then I I just think I was really missing uh, squash, and I really missed. The, I was really hungry to be back on court, and uh, I just think that things just came together during this week and. Uh, I was really feeling really well and I was passionate. I was happy to be on court. Uh, I just wanted to enjoy my time. I had my mom with me. So just everything was perfect. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad it worked that way during that time. Yeah, that was really special, uh, you know, after, you know, after you won the match against Camille with, uh, you know, with your mom on courtside, that must have meant uh, so much uh, to you and to her to, to, you know, to be together, to to share that moment uh, together. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Now, uh, I, I have a question sort of about Egyptian squash, and I know you, you probably get this question a lot, but I saw a, a, a statistic up on Facebook there a few days ago. And I think it was about 20, approximately 20 years ago, uh, there were five Egyptians in the men's top 50. Well, and now four in the top five. (laughs) Uh, Four of the top five are Egyptian. And in the women's, uh, four of the top 10 are Egyptian. So I'm just wondering, uh, I mean, what... What happened? <laughs> obviously, there, there was a huge transformation, and obviously, squash has been huge in Egypt for many, many years. But what do you think uh, brought about this uh, 
transformation of Egypt to being sort of a one of the better squash nations to Egypt becoming uh, undoubtedly and, and you know without question uh, the superpower of squash of today. For me, it's not like only because usually they just ask us what well, what is the secret. Even here in Egypt, like Egyptian journalists are like, what can we do in other sports to be mm. like in squash? But I don't feel like there is a secret or like one aspect only. Uh, I just feel it's a combination of things. And the first thing is uh, uh, tournaments, which uh, um, I don't know when it started, but uh, we had at that time Ahmed Barodo and he, he was uh, he was one of the good Egyptian players, but uh even till today like when you you're in uh, you, you talk with people about squash they just mention ahmad Borodo, the first name he was like a superhero in egypt yeah i mean he here. was well, most of the sort of egyptian people that i know they they really yeah. might not know a lot about squash but they'll uh, they'll mention amic barada <laughs> yeah I, although i mean in terms of results there's like maybe shabana or rami ashur have done more than him but oh, yeah. uh, but he he's still he's still like huge in Egypt and he's like the Muhammad Salah but in squash and uh, I think uh, like the five uh, top uh, like the four Egyptian top five uh, in the world used to go and watch his matches when they were maybe six or seven years old and they wanted to be like Ahmad Barada. So when you're having like a role model like living next to you and you see him train every day, uh, I had, for example, the chance to uh, uh, to be in a club where Rami Ashur was training next to me. Uh, now I'm having Enwadi Digla Karim Darush who's coaching me. So when you have world champions and uh, world-class athletes like these that, that are just training next to you and they you see them how they... they uh, uh they they um, they they train how they eat how they sleep it's it's easier uh rather than just saying i, I wish one day i can become like a world number one and you're not having like a role model to follow or uh, an example to follow and uh yeah definitely uh, ahmed Baroda was such an inspiration for everyone here in egypt and uh, i feel like the fam like uh we had this know-how, like, so uh, parents now, when they choose, like, a sport for their uh, their children or something, they're like, oh, we're going for squash because definitely if he's doing great in local tournaments, he's, he, has, he has a good chance to do good in international, uh, on the international scene mm-hmm. uh, because we, we have, like, very good coaches now and they know how to approach the game and uh, we have, like, the knowledge, I think, now. And even on the like the local tournaments, you would see like a, a draw of under 11, for example, there is like 250 players wow. uh, competing. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the competition is huge. So definitely you're going to have maybe five good players. Yeah. And uh, you're having every two weeks a competition like this. So uh, definitely... Uh, this, comp- this like very fierce competition with... Uh, would help in uh, in achieving good players for sure. I think so. I I just think it's the like everything just put putting them together and I just think maybe that's that's the reasons. But <laughs> there's definitely other reasons. But for me, that's the three main points uh, that I see. Well, yeah, uh, it's it's absolutely impressive uh, what what Egypt's done, and and I think the word you know definitely. Uh, 
it's made the rest of the world sort of uh, look at itself and uh, try to raise the bar in, in their respective countries. So uh, let's see. Uh, hopefully soon uh, there'll be uh, slightly more competition for, for Egypt at the top of the game and make the game uh, a bit more intriguing in that respect. Anyways, it's still intriguing because the squash is still so – it's amazing. So. Yeah. yeah, and I see already like very – uh, we're having a lot of competition coming from uh, England, uh, Asia as well, Malaysia, and, and, and the girls. Uh, There's a, a lot of good, very good players coming up, and uh, you can see new new countries uh, like Diego, for example, coming from Peru. Like uh, South America, squash is becoming very big in there, and there's a lot of tournaments. So definitely, it's the, it's a great thing to see how squash is. Uh, is expanding in uh, new countries and uh, and uh, I just think that's what the sports deserves and it, it needs uh, uh, more and more exposure because I just feel like squash is a great sport and it deserves more. One hundred percent. Maybe uh, the the Barada effect will ha it'll have the same effect in places like uh, Peru or Colombia, uh, and then we'll have. Uh, I know in those South America, they they've really got a, a, some very strong young players right now. So uh, yeah, you're right. It, things are looking mm -hmm. uh, looking up now. Uh, Nora, and you've been really great with your time. I only have a couple more uh, things I wanted to ask you. And now, recently, you had. Uh, uh, graduation in your family it wasn't you it, it was someone else and maybe your younger brother <laughs> yeah um, he's my um, young brother Muhammad uh, he graduated from high school well congrats yeah uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, he, is he a squash yeah. player or is he uh, into the he is, football or is he playing <laughs> oh actually he's a very good soccer player but he plays squash Okay. Uh, because, uh, like, my dad is like, no, you have to play squash. <laughs> but I mean, he's a good, he's a very good squash player, and uh, we train a lot now together, and uh, we fight a lot on court as well. But uh, <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, be, but, it wouldn't be a brother sister uh, <laughs> fighting. Uh, yeah, but just on court. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, because he's such a great mover, so sometimes it gets very. Uh, very quick for me. <laughs> is he, so does, does he have aspirations to, to, play, uh, to play squash professionally? Is that something that he'd, uh, he'd like to do as well? Uh, uh, we can ask him, but actually we were talking about this like a few months back and uh, uh, he, he just, um, he, um, he, he started the university, uh, the American University as well, but he's going for computer engineering. Okay. Uh, so I think he's quite busy now, but uh, definitely has the uh, squash in plan. And uh, but I'm not sure, like, if he wants to like just play PSA this year, maybe next year. I'm not quite sure what he wants to do. Like, um, right. right yeah. Yeah, that's well. It was good. It was a great picture. Uh, and, and I guess your other younger brother is also was also uh, in the photo as well. So. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he he also plays squash. Okay. But he's uh, I think now he's sophomore. Yeah, he's a sophomore in mechanical engineering. So well, they're yeah. all growing up. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like time flies, guys. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I know. I've got two daughters at university, and uh, one is a uh, year in grade eleven. But uh, every day on Facebook, I see the old. They they show you the old photos from yeah 
10 years ago and it brings a little tear to my eye but uh <laughs> before we sign off uh now you you took over number one but um Raneem, uh, uh obviously she retired uh, this yeah. year and it was a bit of a, sh- a shock to me when it happened and uh, just wondering uh, i mean obviously she was a just an amazing talent and probably uh, definitely someone uh, I think all, all the girls on tour looked up to. What were your thoughts, though, uh, when you heard the news that she retired and, and um, what impact uh, did she have on you? I was shocked too. <laughs> I mean, uh, I didn't see it coming at all. And really? uh, my name is not, uh, yeah, you can see, uh, uh, like everyone would agree uh, how how of a great player she is and uh, she's such a talented player. And uh, I don't think anyone uh, on the women's tour uh, would uh, approach the game the way she was approaching it. But uh, she was a big sister for me and to. We used to to train at the same club, and uh, she was she a body as well, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. We uh, we played for four years at Wadi Degland. We had such uh, great memories together, and uh, she was one of the main people that uh, really supported me. And uh, during uh, even when I started like uh, being on tour, and I was just this little kid that didn't really understand what to do and everything, but uh, she was just around and. Uh, not only with me, she's always helping everyone on tour. And uh, uh, I'm just going to, I was shocked. Like when she was telling me the news, I was like, I didn't really get the idea. And I had too many mixed emotions. I was like very sad at the very beginning. And no, at the very beginning, I, I didn't really understand what she was saying. Because for me, it was like, Ronin, when I started uh, playing professionally, she was there and she will always be there. <laughs> I never imagined myself like playing in a tournament without Ronim. And then, um, uh, so yeah, and then I was sad, but at the same time I was happy because she's pregnant and she's, uh, uh, she's having, uh, she like, uh, like definitely it's a happy moment for her family. But, and I was happy for myself, but like the happiness for myself was like just, it came last and I, I didn't really think about it and yeah it was just um, yeah it was uh, definitely I'm gonna miss her for sure well yeah one hope we're all gonna miss her but uh, no, she left a tremendous legacy and uh, I think everybody uh, can learn so much about the game from her not a, not only her incredible squash but like you said uh, the way she carried herself uh, off the court as well um, yeah. Noran, uh, you've got uh, hopefully um, you know some squash coming up in your future. You're, will, are you uh, down for the next uh, for the upcoming PSA event that uh, maybe going to be taking yes. place in Manchester? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, I think uh, yeah, I will be playing it, and then we're having two big tournaments in Egypt, the World Tour Finals and El uh, Ahram. So uh, definitely looking uh, very forward to it. Uh, these tournaments and can't wait to be back on court for sure well for sure and I, i'm looking forward to uh to seeing you back on court norhan uh, uh i know i was very persistent in trying to get you uh, on the podcast and uh, you came through for me today really enjoyed talking to you thank you i really enjoyed your questions and it was such an enjoyable uh, talk today thank you so much again well, there you have it, world number one, Norhan Gohar, and a really fun chat with her. She's obviously in a really good place right now. Looking forward to uh, getting up, 
getting back on the squash court in Manchester and then also in Egypt uh, shortly thereafter. So want to wish her all the very best. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing her and the rest of the, the men and the women getting back um, on tour very soon and getting some... some uh, getting our squash fix, our pro squash fix back again. And it should be exciting to see how all of that uh, plays out. So Norhan Gohar, current world number one. I hope you enjoyed that. Now, uh, upcoming on the podcast, uh, actually just finished a few days ago, uh, Chris Walker, incredible, incredible chat with him. I had, uh, I had a, a lot of material uh, prepared for that and I couldn't even get through half of it uh, and I know you're going to enjoy that one uh, we might even do a part two of the Chris Walker episode uh, so that'll be dropping uh, at the end of this week also uh, hoping to have Campbell Grayson on uh, hopefully at the end of this week we're going to uh, to do the podcast so a recently retired Campbell Grayson and that'll be uh, that'll be a good one as well and we have uh, several more uh, in the works uh, as well so please uh, just stay tuned uh, for those really looking forward to what we're going to put together for the podcast over the next little while now in terms of my squash i always like to sort of talk a bit about my game i played a young whippersnapper uh, today uh he's probably about uh, 30 years younger than me so you know it was all there's always the the agility the quickness the you got to really i got to stay focused and watch what's going on behind me because um you know, these guys are so quick at, uh, at their age, and uh, when they pull off shots uh, very quickly, that tends to, uh, my reactions aren't what they used to be. So I was ma- I managed to keep that, um, you know, keep things in check and keep, uh, you know, keep my movement uh, fairly, uh, fairly consistent today. Uh, cardio wasn't an issue. I think it was... Uh, Maybe a little bit for him because he was doing a bit, a little bit more running than I think he's used to. But we had a really good match, and uh, going to hopefully play with uh, with uh, the young fella again at some point. How's your squash going? I uh, hope it's going well, and you're enjoying it as much as I am. Um, now, uh, just in terms of uh, you know the podcast and social media, I'm on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram. So please, if you could, if you don't mind uh, sharing the podcast, giving us a like, uh, retweet, what have you on those uh, platforms. And also, if you have any uh, suggestions or comments or you just want to send a message, please do on any of those platforms as well. So and uh, just to, you know, just want to say thanks to all of you for listening and uh, please stay tuned for the upcoming podcast. All the best with, with your squash. All the best to you and your families. Take care and have a great day. Goodbye now.